Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Hi, this is Sarah McDonald, host of From Beer to the Bible. We have two very special guests with us today. We have Anika Cooper, friend of the show. Say hi, Anika. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. And we have Lori Rowe. Hi, Lori. Hi, Sarah. Thank both you of them have me. been on the show before and are guests of the show. Um, both of them, all three of us, are women in recovery, and we have a very special show for you today. We're talking about trusting the Lord with our kids. Please like, share, and subscribe at FromBeerTheBible.com. And always we're going to come to you in a verse of the day. It is from Isaiah forty eleven. He tends to his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. So today we're talking about parenting and what God says about parenting, what the Bible says about parenthood. Um, we're directly speaking to our listeners today that have family members and loved ones um, that suffer with substance abuse and mental health. And this passage directly speaks um, about how God comforts us, especially parents. He knows we're burdened. He knows we're tired. He knows we're scared. And he knows we have so much love for our kids, right? Mm -hmm. And God promises to lead us in this season. And the word of God specifically promises extra grace for us as parents. And so I just want to kind of open it up to you guys to share with us kind of your struggles with parenthood, um, your triumphs in parenthood, and some of the things um, that the Bible says about parenthood. And so I'm going to start with Lori because Lori is our guru, our spiritual guru and she's my spiritual mentor. And um, Lori's the person that I call whenever I have questions about parenthood, what the Bible says about parenthood. And I'm so excited that she's here to share with all of you guys today. So Lori, what are some things that the Bible says about parenthood? You know, I think you led with one of the greatest scriptures and that we'll get to that about trusting God. But some of my favorite were... Um, to train up a child in the way he shall go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. And it really took learning lessons through my children. They were my biggest um, <laughs> lesson givers. And I'm in ministry. I've been in ministry over 20 years. I'm in my last class of grad school at seminary. And I can look back on being a mother. And I had a Christian mentor at the time and I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, when your children are little, they'll step on your toes, but when they're older, they step on your heart. Oh wow! And I thought, oh man, that's so true yeah. <laughs> because nothing can uh, prepare you of being a mother. And um, I think one of the, the greatest lessons I ever learned was um, we had a dog and his name was Sammy and he was an Australian Shepherd. 
and he had dug a hole and gotten underneath the fence and my kids were just beside themselves because we couldn't find him. We had called the pound and one day they called us back and they said, I think we have your dog up here, but he's injured. And I said, okay. So I'm a single mom at the time with all these babies. And for, I guess y'all don't know. So I had three older boys and thought I had the flu and I had twins. So I, uh, mm. I'm a mother of five, so we've experienced a lot. So when we went to pick up the dog, um, he couldn't walk and he could only drag himself on his front paws. And I took him straight to the vet and the vet did an x-ray and said his back was broken and that the kindest thing I could do is to put him down. And I said, look, we're a praying family. I need to take him home so my kids can see him. We went home and my middle son, Justin, he said, mom, why don't we pray for him? And I said, okay. So we held hands. We made a circle around the dog. We anointed the dog with oil. <laughs> we prayed over the dog. And three days later, he was up catching Frisbees, doing backflips. Wow. And I'm jumping up and down like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And my son got this weird look on his face. And he said, but mom, we ask him. And mm. the lesson I was trying to teach my children backfired on me. And I learned the biggest lesson is that here's this childlike faith that comes up and says, when we ask him, believe that we've received it, that's scripture, and it'll be ours. If we've asked him, we have to trust him. Yeah. And here is this lesson I learned from this little boy that, that told me, but mom, we ask him, why wouldn't he do it? Yeah. And what would the world look like if we believed everything that we ask in prayer? How would that change the way we parented our children? Yeah. The Lord also says there is a time and a season for everything, too. And so, yes. you know, we have to sometimes the waiting is part of it, right? Absolutely. So, Anika, mm. do you have anything to share or anything that um, kind of struck you with what Lori said? Yes. Um, and I'm going to just like I just am so grateful that you're here to help this because it's funny that when we get asked to be used by the Lord, it's usually when we're going through something. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I am going through, um, I know I'm going to get emotional. One of the hardest times with my son and God knew that and put me here with you guys today. Yes. To share parents need to know that just cause we're up here sharing doesn't mean we don't have our own struggles. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the childlike faith is something that, um, it's, it's hard, it's easy to say, but it's sometimes hard to practice with your mm -hmm. own children. Yes. Yeah. Like I can believe what I'm praying. Mm -hmm. And I've been told um, uh, visions from prayer warriors like yourself about my son who has never met him, but visually saw him and saw the wall crashing, but also saw him sitting Indian style, just like he was when the wall fell down underneath him, like the Jericho wall. And my job as a mother is to keep the faith and keep praying and keep mm -hmm. praying and fasting and praying and trusting in the Lord. And no matter what it looks like at the moment, keep believing that he's going to be what God has promised yep. to take, where God has promised to take him. 
in our own faith, it's hard though with yeah. our children. I can pray that and I can tell everyone else, have faith, your kids are, you know, yeah. and I can see it for them. But when it comes to your children, it's so close that it's very hard to, to be there in that moment. And Absolutely. then you feel like, oh, like I wanna be there that, with that childlike faith. And I've been there in so many, I've had experiences with Jesus that are just like overwhelmingly, <laughs> like I know you're there. And then with this, it's been um, because the answers don't come immediately, yeah. right? And I'm like, well, that one's not being answered. And God's like, it's not going to come when you want it to come. That's he's right. on his own journey, Anika. He's my, something somebody told me was God doesn't have any grandchildren. Aiden is not his grandchild. Yeah. Aiden is his child. Yep. Let him have him. Yeah. That's the hardest part is standing back and letting him have him. It's yeah. like prying your fingers, places. <laughs> it you, is. Yeah, well, so let me add something that may make you feel a little bit better. My son, the one that said, Mom, but we ask him. Mm -hmm. I brought him up. I had teen ministries that came through. I had a lady that prophesied over him. My son said that he was going to be a preacher when he got older. Mm -hmm. And then teenage years hit. Mm. I'm not ready for That's that. The and the teenage years were the hard part. And that same son that was so gung-ho at 17 came in and said, Mom, you brainwashed me with all that stuff. Okay. Mm. I'm on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, not this, you know. And, and just anything but this. And I remember I got two phone calls afterwards. And one was an 80-year-old man, and he said, I told him, I said, oh, Elvis, this is the worst thing. He said, I brainwashed him. And he goes, ha, 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 he's going to be a preacher. Hmm. And I thought, how can you get that out of what I, what I just told you? And then I got a call from a young boy that had grown up that I had had ministry. And he had kind of said the same thing. He said, Lori, when you were telling me that, God spoke in my ear and said he's going to be a preacher. Hmm. I didn't quit praying. I'm in there praying over his bed, praying oh, over yeah. his God, yeah. <laughs> praying over everything. And I remember God stopped me one day and he said, if I could stop him on the journey, the word you mm. use, on the journey he sat, but he never loves me the way you love me, would you want me to stop him? Mm. If God could stop your baby on the journey they're on right now, mm -hmm. but they would never love God, the way you love him, would you want him to stop? No. That's what I thought. Mm. I said, sick him, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did, yes. you know? Yes. And, and mm. the thing is, is we have to trust what the word says. The word says that train up a child in the way he shall go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Yeah. That doesn't mean he isn't going to be there off yeah. the path. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for that. That is exactly what I needed to hear. And that is the thing is like, he is on his own spiritual journey. And that's how I can, when you ask, what can we do? Like, well, how does that, how do those, how can I live this scripture? Right? Cause that's what I'm always trying to do is live what God's word says. Yeah. Cause I can hear it, but am I just like, it talks about the people who plant or, or they, they hear the word and they just let it go right through them and they don't ever act on it, right? right. How do I live that? I live that by letting him go. And I yeah. just experienced that yesterday. Well, let me ask you one question. Do you trust God? Yes. With everything and every bit of being in you? Yes. Does he love your son more than we could ever love our children? Yes. 
then that's what prompts us to uncurl the fingers mm -hmm. and let them go. And it's hard. It goes against our nature. Yes. Yeah. But I'm going to take you back to your profession. You're an interventionist. Yes. And what do we tell parents? You're going to have to yes. yeah. take your hands off. It's hard when it's our own family, that's isn't it? That's exactly what I was yeah. going to share. Yeah. Is it seems that everything that I go through in life, I have to experience it in a very deep way Absolutely. before I can become the interventionist that God has called me to That's be, right. yeah. before I can become the book writer that God has called me to be. It's always, I've got to go through it before I can be used in the way that he wants me to be used so that I can really um, connect with the people that he is calling me right. to connect with. Yeah. I used to tell people I was a bolder Christian and it didn't <laughs> B-O-L-D-E-R, it's B-O-U-L-D-E-R <laughs> because it took a boulder getting me to go in the right direction yeah. and God knew it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the boulder club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of my own addiction and you know a lot of times now that I'm a parent I think about when I was going through substance use disorder and what my parents could have possibly been thinking um, about you know <clears throat> that they didn't raise me right or that you know mm -hmm. they didn't instill enough faith in me or that it was their fault and it just breaks my heart because today I look back and I know that if I hadn't had the faith foundation that my parents gave me, I would not be where I was That's today. Right. And like Anika, I am that type of person that God has to hit over the head <laughs> and I have to experience well, it yeah. for, for me to be able to um, tell other people about what happened and share and experience. And so um, with that said, I just kind of want to talk about how do we water the seeds of faith in our kids? Because for me, I knew my mom was a prayer warrior and that was something that I know saved me. Mm -hmm. It saved me from getting deeper down the rabbit hole than I, than I did. And so, um, so we'll start with you. So how did this, how do you water the seeds of faith in our kids or how did you do it? I started when they could walk in, they knew Jesus and we would talk about him. We would take a scripture. I'll never forget um, my one of my sons, we were doing baptisms and well, I'll tell you when they were little bitty, my little girl would go uh, sing this little light of mine uh -huh. and would have them in church. And I would tell them that God's everywhere. He's with you all the time. And I heard them in the backyard going, God, God. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, they're babies. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I was, if he's everywhere, I wanted him to come play. Oh, and I'm like, how sweet. So that childlike faith and just starting them young and getting the word inside of them yeah. and watch them grow. And, you know, the thing is, is having, you always hear of PK kids, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> they're preacher's kids. Preacher's yeah. kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, from the time they were born, I was doing that with my last ones. Yeah. I was doing that. Um, before that, like you said, learn um, the other way, get them involved in church, get them involved in community. And a pastor gave me the best advice that I've ever heard. Don't preach at your kids. Don't mm -hmm. use God's word as a weapon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because so many people do that. And I wanted them to know he's a loving God and there's no shame That's right. and there's no guilt attached to that because as people in recovery, we've experienced the shame and the guilt that comes with that. Yeah. Um, when 
you had something I didn't. My mom and them would pray for me, but we didn't go to church. We didn't have that founding in faith. I found it because I was at the end of my rope trying to do things my way until yeah. I found out a good father that loved me no matter what I had done and scooped me up, dusted me off, and put me on this rope. Yeah. And it keeps you humble. And somebody gave me another good thing. Things don't go grow good on the mountain, they grow in the valleys. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all experienced our valley experiences right around here. Yeah. And I think those are the times we grow. But that's how I water the seed. Just pour into your children, love them, let them know God loves them. There isn't anything they could do that would make them not. Absolutely. I love what you said about <clears throat> don't guilt them and shame them because yes. I felt a lot of that. I didn't feel like God loved me in my addiction because I felt mm -hmm. I knew I was doing wrong. I knew I was sinning because I had that faith foundation, but I didn't know that I could be loved through it. I felt um, like I wasn't worthy. And so I want to change that with my own kids. And I couldn't have done that without the experience that I had and, and to be able to talk about it today. So Absolutely. Anika, what are some of your, um, what's some of the faith that you have instilled in your kids to this point? Um, because I know that you have instilled a lot in your children and, and a lot more than you think at this moment in, in time. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, you know, since my son was younger, you know, I didn't understand. I got in recovery when I was 19 and I did not have a foundation of any kind mm -hmm. of faith. Um, the 12 steps and the people in the 12 step program kind of, you know, the people that I met through there, um, through the 11th step is where I found Christ, to right. be honest with you. Um, and through that relationship and because I fell and got back up and fell and got back up with my children, with my youngest, um, I had a lot of trauma that I had not dealt with. And so he was going to church. He was doing those things. He did get baptized, but he always has seen me pray. I've never like, I'm, you know, I've never like gone over Bible study with him or done any of that, but he has seen his mother sober. Mm -hmm. He has seen me, um, make mistakes, but know that God loves me anyways. Yeah. Told him that God loves him no matter what. Um, I don't do the shame and guilt thing. With my daughter, um, I had gone through a lot of trauma work before I had my daughter. Mm -hmm. So the way that I parent her is a lot different. But what I will tell you is that because of my trauma, because of all of those things that I went, I was forced into getting help. So I got help because of that and learned that all I wanted, and you hear a lot of people when they're doing the trauma work, is I just want my parents to say, I just wanted to hear my parents say they were sorry. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. I just wanted my parents to tell me it wasn't your fault. It, like I had my own stuff that I was dealing with. Sure. It wasn't, you know. And so what I did was I went back to my son after I did my work and I said, I'm sorry. And but to me, it, that's not like, I'm not sharing. I believe that is sharing Christ, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I believe that it's not, I'm not saying anything about Christ, but it's, I'm showing him, like, I'm sorry for what I've done. Absolutely. And that's what is the, the biggest thing that I can do. And now with my daughter, she goes to a Christian school. Um, she loves Jesus. She sings about Jesus. But it's also me learning how to talk to her mm -hmm. um, when I'm upset. And really, the, the biggest way that I can show Christ to my kids is trusting him in these hard times yeah. and not losing it on them and taking it out on them. And if I do saying, I'm sorry. Yes. Like a lot of mine, I believe comes from the behavior that I learned from him. 
um, that that comes like it's going to come. The love is going to come from him. I'm I'm learning about the um, fruits of the spirit right now, and love is the mm. the one that is the biggest one. And self control comes behind that because self control. You know, if I'm feeling impatient, mm -hmm. self-control, no matter yeah. what I'm feeling, if I trust in the love of Jesus, then I'm my self-control is going to naturally come with that. And I'm not going to scream at them. I'm not going to shame them. Yeah. You know, yesterday dealing with my son, I had to make some hard decisions that were loving. They yeah. look like they weren't loving to me because I'm not used to it. I'm breaking cycles. I'm breaking yeah. generational curses right now. Yes. And that is an attack of the enemy that comes against my mind and wants to tell me I'm doing it wrong and wants to tell me that I should do it differently. But the reality is, is that I'm doing stuff that takes a lot of courage and that comes from Christ. And so I feel like that is what that God is, is giving me is the courage through Christ to do the things that don't look right to me. Yeah, I mean, there was a, so much, yeah. so much in, in what Anika just shared. I, I, my own experiences came out in that. I know that you had something to say. Oh, gosh, I was talking <laughs> at the bit. Yeah, um, you know, I did that. When I got my life clean and sober, I went to my older children mm -hmm. and I told them how sorry I was. And I think being vulnerable and letting them see that as parents, we make mistakes, mm -hmm. that we do the best we can with all of that. I think that is so huge that you did that and that your your kids can see that we're all growing. Yes, It's not just we're trying to parent them and have them grow. We're all growing. Exactly. And when you were vulnerable and you showed your faults and the things that you had, it's going to open them up to be able to do that for the next generation. So when you said breaking generational curses, that is huge yep. because you're mm -hmm. setting the stage. And I want to give you something. God says God disciplines those he loves. So many people see God as this old man with a big stick waiting to go whack when we do something yes. wrong. Yes. But if we see our child running out into the middle of the street, mm -hmm. we're not going to go out there. Oh, don't do that, baby. We're going to mm -hmm. run and go, what were you thinking? Yep, exactly. You know, and and may swat them on the butt when they're little, <laughs> you know, and and when we do that, God does. We have to look at God the same way. He is a good, good father. Mm -hmm. It's not that he he doesn't love us and that he has a big stick no he disciplines us because he wants the best for us yes if we want that for our children the bible says if us being evil give our children good gifts how much more is the heavenly father gonna give us mm -hmm. yeah. oh my gosh yeah that's it in a nutshell Absolutely. when you wrap your mind around it and it really is and it's yeah. funny because when i am going through this and and like be, having courage and doing things that are very uncomfortable for me that I've never, that I haven't done with my son. The enemy wants to tell me, go back to that old way because we need to stay in shame and guilt and, and, right. and just ignore the things that are happening in your kids' lives so that you can just pretend like everything is okay. And then I get around truth, the, the scripture, and I get around people who are, that's why it's so important when it talks about being around believers, mm -hmm. other believers, and, and because the enemy wants to tell me, don't, why would you even give him discipline? He's 18. Stop. Like, just let him do. But that's, that's not love. 
Yeah. Love is saying no sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And Jesus has told, God has told me no. I just went through a big no in the past year. And and what do I do? Do I run like do I run away from that and say, oh, I'm going to do what I want? No, like I've had a foundation and I've learned that like I can do this. Like I can stand up and love my child enough to say, I don't feel shame and guilt behind this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not mm -hmm. going to have shame and guilt behind telling you no. You're, I'm going to have to let you go yep. in order for God to take over. That's right. Exactly Perfect. what you said. You're going to have to let go in order for God to take over. And to our listeners out there that are struggling with children, that's the message right there is go to them in love. Because I remember in vulnerability, because when my parents told me I didn't know how to do that because my parents weren't that way with me mm -hmm. right there. That was like the simplest thing that they could have said that everything was, I was okay. I was like, okay, for the first time in my life, like, oh my God, my parents made mistakes. Yes. And of course <laughs> it, it makes you think of, of Jesus and of God and um, what he, what he does for us, mm -hmm. you know? Um, another thing I wanted to, you talked about the 12 steps and I want to go back to that because a lot of our listeners out there don't know a lot about the 12 steps of recovery um, and don't know how to kind of there are a lot of believers out there, but the 12 steps to help and aid us. And so 12 step recovery, a lot of times is for me anyways, was making the word of God simpler. Mm -hmm. It, it allowed me to break it down into simple ways of living that were all in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so what's your experience with that? And how did that help you um, in parenting? Because I find myself parenting through the 12 steps because it is a simple way to parent your kids mm -hmm. what we've learned through the 12 steps of recovery and it's so funny because i i'm like oh my god i'm 12 stepping my child and it's true <laughs> it is i think going all the way back steps one two and three are constantly something that i have to i'm powerless right mm -hmm. i am powerless i do not have and i tell god especially during these times i'm like if you don't come through on this i can't do it right so if i if I can, am at the place where I can't do it anymore, like I've tried every way that I could to manipulate and get it to where I want it to look good, right? For my ego, for all different kinds of reasons. Yeah. But if I say, okay, I am powerless over this. I can't, he can, because I've got experience with him, Yep. right? I'm going to let him in step three. I'm going to let him have you. Like, yeah. had I not had the 12-step experience that I've had and then the 11th step of getting me to where I am with, with uh, God today, I wouldn't have or the 12 steps, even that experience, learning, doing fourth and fifth step and sixth and seven, removed my character. A lot of my character defects, my kids got the brunt of those, Yeah. right? My kids get the deepest of the deepest mm. of my character defects. Yeah. And me knowing that only God can remove those things and only God can remove them from my son and my daughter. Like it's the, it, it all just intertwines and together and it, it, it goes in with my life. And the 12 steps have been, I didn't know, if you would have come to me and this is how I, how I did my 12 step. I mean, my, um, my ministry and God told me from the very beginning, I didn't come to you like coming at you with Jesus. Had you done that because I was so uncomfortable with the name of Jesus, I probably would not be where I am sitting today. Yeah. But because people came at me and said, Hey, we've got this higher power. Do you want to, you want to try it? Hey, do you want to try this way of life through that is how God got to me. Yes. Right. And so that's how I believe that's how the 12 steps have gotten me to the place that I am today. Because if it wasn't for that, I probably would have not gotten where I am because I could not, I didn't have any kind of um, 
relationship with God at that point. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is, and what I think is true, because I work a 12-step program um, in Al-Anon and in AA, so for me personally, mm-hmm. and for me as a spouse of a person in recovery, and it's so important. And so I just want listeners out there to hear that it's very important for you to also, you know, if you send your kids off to a 12-step program or to a treatment center where they're learning these things, it's very important for you guys to do the same work because you're going to have an experience and you're going to understand your child a little bit more. And so that's kind of that's the guide that's the guide for mm-hmm. the 12 steps it's not something you know that a lot of people think it's like pushing god down your throat mm-hmm. and but i love what you said it was mm-hmm. your pathway to jesus mm-hmm. and he they met you where you were in your life and then got you to mm-hmm. this place of abundance uh, an abundance of love for jesus christ and yeah. your love story with jesus My love is story. beautiful mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And I want to talk about too, and I don't know if you're getting to that, but the mental health piece and the stigma mm-hmm. are in the, what parents feel as like, they can talk to others. We can talk about mm-hmm. people, people's kids all day long to them. And you know, the whole out, like what you were talking about the Al-Anon, it's like, it's not just a, like the family can go get help and the child might not get help right away, but if the family's getting help and changing, yep. then the child is going to see that change happening and they can no, we no longer are enabling that child to continue to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're gonna see the change. So if it doesn't happen right away, that's okay. We still have to go get help and still, cause it's a family deal. Yep. Like the family enables a lot of the behaviors oh and keep it going for so long. If you hear so many stories, they, the, the person the addicted, the mental health, the alcoholic changes because the parents finally said no. Yes, right. Yes. They finally said no. And that's because they got the strength. They were doing their own work. And the stigma is, I told someone the other day what I was going through with my son. And this mother looked at me like, you're talking about it like it's no big deal. I'm like, it's happening. Yeah. Do you want me to hide it? Do you want me to Mm -hmm. pretend that it's not happening? Because she's like, well, I would just be embarrassed. I'm like, for what? It's happening all over the place. And you don't give it power. Yes. If you if you hold it inside and if you keep it a secret, that's giving the enemy power. That's yeah, right. and nobody's like I and then maybe because I've been in the 12 steps, I've understood that like there is no shame in this. Yes. Right. Like there is no shame. I didn't do anything. The enemy wants me to keep it quiet so nobody can judge me. Mm-hmm. And then he can't get help because I'm just keeping it quiet. Nobody has that's to right. know what's going on. So I'm just super grateful right now that this is happening. Well, I can add to that right there because I remember my one of the twins, um, the day he came home, because here you are with people that have known God and raised up to do all of that. And then they would people would ask me, well, what does your son do? Well, he's in agriculture no <laughs> you know because yeah. he went off the beaten path and started smoking weed he went through his teenage years my other one experimented with alcohol but the limit and the boundary because we know about boundaries is very different when it's your children very you fought against that grain you know what's happening being in the field um is is huge and i remember telling him as long as you live in this house you will not bring that in my home Mm -hmm. you will not be able to do that so he moved to colorado (laughs) 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 and now he's coming full circle you know 
but it's that journey again. They have to go on that journey to get mm -hmm. there. Yeah. But you said something really powerful a, a second ago when it came to that. And you said as, as interventionists, and we work with the families, that that's so hard to instill. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? I'm just going to get- it's hard to do it with our own parents, no, own children? No, with other people. When we're doing interventions, mm -hmm. working with the family system, why do you think that is such a hard piece to get? Because a lot of times the the person in the room that needs the intervention often oh, yes. isn't the one that is there in front of you. Yes. Um, why is it hard for a mother to put those in place? Think of your own child. Because I don't want to look at my stuff and yeah. I don't want to deal with what I'm going through. And if I start putting these things in place, you might leave me. The codependency part, you might leave the house. Yeah. You might say you hate me. You yeah. might not want me, you know, not want me around anymore. The boundaries might cause you to not do what, or it might make me look at myself. Yeah. That, and I'm going to add something to it. You, you hit some really good points with all of that. The other thing is it goes against our very nature as nurturers. We're mothers. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know? And it's like prying your fingers yes. out of the way. And we go back to the verse that you are going to end with, I'm sure. And that is trusting God. Do we trust God? Yes. Do we trust him with our children? Yes. How can we tell others to do the same thing? As a Christian counselor and working um, in, in church settings as mm -hmm. counselor, for a lot of years, I have a lot of people come in that are spiritually hurt. And they, uh, like you had said earlier, that just mentioning Jesus probably mm. would have had you turn the other direction. Yeah. There's a lot of people there. Oh yeah. But that's where you have to separate God the Father and people because people will hurt you, yeah. mm -hmm. but our Father never will. This heavenly Father will never hurt you. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, they've enmeshed those two so strongly. Yep. The religious abuse. Yep. To the point to where it's hard to separate mm -hmm. them. You know, That's absolutely so, right. I am so proud of you for look at that journey you've come on. <laughs> Mine, I've been in recovery for how twenty eight years now. Mm, my twenty seven years was yesterday. Really, mm -hmm. twenty eight in March. I'm going so. on thirteen. Yay! Lots of recovery in this room. <laughs> well, we're going to end the show today with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I'm going to let Lori um, tell us the verse because it's all about trusting in the Lord. It is. And it's one of my favorite. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. And always acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having this was, us. It was fun. It was more for, I think the show was for me. <laughs> Sorry, I know it was for y'all too, but I yeah. definitely felt that. If you need anything, please reach out to us at From Beer to the Bible. If you need an interventionist, Lori and Anika are both here to help you and your loved one get help with sobriety. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.